Welcome to Splatbook, the RPG Topics podcast. If this is your first episode, we talk about tabletop RPG design, but we're doing something a little different today. This show is brought to you by the generous contributions of the lovely backers of the MapCrow Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash MapCrow to pledge today to support the show and gain exclusive access to the MapCrow Secret Sketchbook. My name is Kyle, and with me today is my favorite game master, John. All right. Hey, it's my favorite Hoosier, Kyle. So people don't know this. Kyle is from Indiana. So when he goes to Gen Con, he just goes and stays with his parents, which is crazy. And and as a Hoosier, uh, I am an enormous fan of a fellow Hoosier, um, uh, uh, Larry Bird, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, (laughs) who made fun of Hoosiers for thinking that being a Hoosier meant that you had any kind of meaningful connection at all. So yeah. that's my so, attitude uh, towards that. Still actually, <laughs> say that. Like, is that a thing that people say? That uh, uh, that that they're fans of Kurt Vonnegut? Not really. He's no, not as popular not really. as he He's used to be. Jaded. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, is that, it, it, it is something that it is something that Indianans really do talk about. It, it is, there's right. a lot of Hoosier pride. I think it's mostly what? around um, basketball or something. Yes. I don't know. Uh, but I had this distinct memory of somebody talking about being a Hoosier and I'm a Hoosier and you're a Hoosier in a book. And it must've been a Kurt Vonnegut book. Cause it's just I, so I'm willing stuck to bet. in my mind. I'm yeah. willing to bet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just got back from Gen Con. <laughs> I was about I just... to say like, and you didn't get COVID, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> Kyle, yeah. where did you just get back from? I just got back from Gen Con and boy, are my arms tired. Uh, <laughs> no, a big reason uh, you're going to have to put up with my uh, 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 croaky voice is because I was talking to so many of our fine listeners uh, down in the tunnel. They kept me in uh, for the entirety <laughs> of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were saying earlier uh, that you did get a chance to talk to a lot of listeners, and that was awesome. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Um, I, I am, I am convinced that the the people who love um, Splatbook specifically uh, are 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 some of the sweetest, kindest, um, uh, and most eloquent. Um, people who who exist. I, I I was really just flabbergasted. Like I almost teared up several times a day nice. talking to folks who were who were saying nice things about you and I and the kinds of conversations that we have on the show. Uh, and it just means the world to both of us. So yes, I want to I want to thank you all. Even if you don't even if you don't have the guts to call the splat phone, that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean we still don't love you. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, I'm gonna have to go next year. I. Have never been to Gen Con, uh, so I think it's finally time for me to go. Yes, and and also, uh, my, yeah, my, you'll have to stay with uh, you'll have to stay with me in my childhood home uh, because now you know that my mom is such a fan of the show. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, so Kyle sent me uh, a message. I can read it. I could just pull him. it up. But we, it, it's the last bit that I love so much. But yeah, read this message. It's so. It's great. a bu- She sent us a bulleted list because I mentioned the 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 the. The episode about creativity and I was talking about, I was telling that nice story about dad and everything. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, she sent me this thing and she's like, uh, um, I feel like I've been secretly sitting in the side room while you and your friends are talking. A few takeaways. One, great fun. Two, positive and encouraging. Three, 
Look for strengths in your friends and how they can stretch you. Four, I want to visit Cloud Curio sometime. <laughs> Five, stepping outside can be fun and rewarding. Ask an egg. Who knew? Six, uh, you are sweet, and I'm glad your friends see this sometimes hidden quality. <laughs> a bit of a backhanded compliment there, Esther. Uh, seven, life is too short. Enjoy the cut bitlets. Uh, uh, number eight, uh, thanks for keeping it clean. <laughs> number nine, I'm serious. I can help Amber with shipping. Please reach out. She's very worried about monstrous. Uh, and, and, uh, 10. Yes. Another old retired listener is smiling. Uh, and remember, I love you. That's the best part. Look at That's the, and remember, cause in the text, it's in all caps and remember, I love you. So where were you? You weren't in the main space. So so explain Gen Con to me. It's it's <laughs> okay. a football stadium. So so um, it, it, yeah. it is. It's it's actually a, the the giant enormous uh, Indianapolis con- Convention Center. Okay. But it also spills into Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts play. Okay. Uh, um, the, 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 generally, these things do not happen at the same time. Uh, to my knowledge, uh, usually it's one or the other, <laughs> Gen Con or the Colts game. Uh, uh, but um, they decided to try out this new thing called the Maker's Market. And okay. um, they set up all of these people, these uh, mostly local artists who are making stuff, um, uh, a very merch-heavy kind of stuff. But there were plenty of folks who had game books there, too. And we just lined the hallways of this tunnel that went below the streets. Oh, cool. Uh, and connected the convention hall to the... And, and there was really no advertising for this thing. It was put together last minute. We didn't find out that this exit. We got it because we were waitlisted for the ex- exhibition hall. Uh, and three weeks before the show, they're like, hey, do you want this? And and I got to tell you, you know, uh, for to have a table at Gen Con for two hundred bucks a day, that's uh, pretty good. Even though nobody knew where we were, we 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 still were very very happy um, uh, financially. It definitely made sense because it's the it's the home. It's it's uh, it's the home show for both me and Amber. Um, yeah. And oh, we also had uh, Haley with us who did uh, the cover art and all the interior illustration for Broken and Sleeping Hearts. Yep. Um, Those are awesome. And 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 yeah, and and Haley had a really good show too. Haley goes by One Sleepy Beetle on uh, social media and YouTube. Um, so if you want to see some pretty cool animations and process videos, and Haley also does the animated. Uh, map crow uh that shows up at the beginning of the oh, more recent that. episodes yeah. uh so yeah I, I mean there was all kinds of wonderful connections uh to uh to make at i got to so I, you didn't you probably didn't get to play any games no i was basically at the table or uh eating or or in the restroom like i was i was basically at the table the whole time i was shopping around a little bit on sunday uh but i was i was honestly like at the table as much as i could be um okay just to talk about the, the the great book we sold out of agnostic uh the wow. ttrpg prep method um so we have more of those on we have more of those ordered and on the way for the shop uh but uh yeah yeah and for fans i do include kyle's etsy store and the cloud curio store in every episode show note so if you want to figure out how to get agnostic or any other stuff that's in there so thank you that was a um, weird 
in your show promotion. We never do that, but yeah, we yeah. So we were actually. I, I just got asked. Like, I posted a photo of Agnostic, and people were like, "Oh, what's this? How do I get it?" I'm like, "That's in the show notes for the last six episodes. That's where it is." Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's like it's it's almost <laughs> like you know on 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 Map Crow, uh, I always get these messages, just like you know what are where what are those tubes that you have around your around your pencil and uh i i, I it's like it's it just check the description it's like yes. it took you longer to ask this question that would have checked if i <laughs> anyways okay so gen con you also met a couple of your heroes i got to meet i got to meet several of my heroes uh, some of whom I I don't really even want to embarrass by mentioning them <laughs> mentioning them on the show. Uh, I I will and and honestly it's it's like too too much to really call out specifically. Uh, but I, I I'll just say that I got to meet uh, one of my um, one of my favorite game designers ever, uh, and I've I've probably played his games more than anybody else's in recent years. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was really tremendous. And, 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 and we had, we had some mutual appreciation and it seems like we might actually, I might be planning a small collaboration in the future. So stay tuned for that. Nice. Um, I got to meet my favorite living artists, which I don't mind saying Johan Noor from Morkborg, who did the layout for that and really? cyborg. Uh, cool. Johan came by the table and wow his friend bought the last agnostic <laughs> and he was gonna buy it and i was like no uh, so I, i'm gonna try to figure out if i can if i can mail him uh, a zine or something like that but um yeah i had had very nice things to say about that and monstrous um and uh that that really means the world to me because you know um uh, uh short of short of uh, jack kirby i don't think there's any other artist that i admire quite as much as johan wow um, that's pretty cool yeah so that that was wonderful just me sitting there chowing down on a lobster roll i bought from a food truck and my favorite living artist walks on over and i'm like oh. uh, <laughs> yeah i almost fell over after he left i i think i kept it together just long enough for <laughs> Nice. And uh, and yes, Haley Haley knew what was going on. It just was like, "Are you going to be okay?" I'm like, "I just need to, I just need to breathe for a little bit." Um, so, but but probably the highlight. Yes, this is one I want to hear about. So, when I was in middle school, I played, and and fans of the show will know, I played uh, a, a specific RPG. It was not only in the first game that I had played, but it, I was also um, I was also the the DM for that game, mm-hmm. and that game was our Talzorian's um, uh, 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 Dragon Ball Z: The Adventure Game. Yes, we it was the, about ofi- it the show officially just for licensed. People who want to go back to the beginning in the very first episode, we talk about this game and how later you use that same system to run Lord of the Rings. If that's not a teaser that's going to send you back to the first episode, that's all I got. I know my friend Sean is listening to all the all of the episodes in reverse right now. He's he's really doing like some kind of like uh, challenge mode listening of a splat book. So <laughs> that's awesome. But yes, uh, but okay. So so this is important. And the so designer yes. of that game was a Gen Con, and that is 
Mike Pondsmith, who is probably most well known for designing cyberpunk. cyberpunk. Yes. yes. Uh, and and Mike Pondsmith is having a wonderful time right now uh, 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 because of, uh, you know, all all of all of the attention that is being given to uh, his company and his books and his legacy because of the video game and the anime and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he was wearing he was wearing the the T-shirt for the, the cyberpunk video game when I saw uh, him. Uh, so I, I want to tell the whole story and I and 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 maybe this is saying too much, but it is really too too great. Um, I am uh, and I, I I am allowed to say this uh, because the, the we've signed all the agreements, but I'm going to do a, just one map um, for a a game from uh, uh our Talsorian um, that, nice. is, that is coming out uh, um, l- later next year. So uh, there, I'm, I'm going to document the whole thing, and there will be um, Map Crow episodes all about this this insane map that I'm drawing <laughs> for this book. That's amazing. Um, so, and I got to I was I was hired by and 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 approached by uh, James Hutt, who uh, did the who who did the you know won an any for his redesign of Cyberpunk for the recent re-release oh, of, of nice. Cyberpunk Red. And so we were walking to dinner and we were signing to, 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 to sign papers and talk about this project and everything. And who should we see? But Mike Pondsmith, he's, he's just sitting there in, in, in the hallway waiting for something or other. And I had just got done telling James that the first game I ever played was Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and, and so we walk up and he introduces me and everything. And Mike Pondsmith gives me this like, elevator look he he's sizing me up like <laughs> like and 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 it was it was really funny and he was just like so this is the this is the whippersnapper that you're gonna spend all my money on for just that one map right <laughs> and you know because he, he's yeah he has to sign off on everything and and so he formed his own game company in the 80s like, yes that's not a thing that people did like people had small game companies but like he seems like a very clever businessman, I guess. Yes, I, yeah. yes, exactly. He 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 knows he knows about all this kind of stuff, and I think he's just giving James a hard time because they were right. they had <laughs> it was clearly in reference to a conversation that they had before, and uh, so James is James is is trying to get the get the handle on the situation. He's like, you know, well, Kyle's got a lot of experience in mapping. He does beautiful maps, and he said he said I don't think there's more than ten people in the world that could draw the maps that we want for this project. And he's like, okay, nice. okay. And then Mike looks at my shirt, and I happen to be wearing my um, old school essentials T-shirt. Okay. And he said, and 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 Mike says, uh, "Oh, have you played old school essentials? Uh, I'm running a campaign in that, and we are having an absolute blast. Oh, I I, I adore that game so much." And uh, and I and I said, actually, Mike, you know, I um, I drew uh, several monsters and. Uh, 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 spot illustrations for the adventure book, which John, this is kind of like how we this met. How we met, yeah, right. So uh, the, the 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 connections and doors that you need to send Gavin like a some flowers or something. I do. I for for for, <laughs> for lots of reasons. Gavin is basically yes. the kingmaker at this point. Yeah. 
and um and 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 suddenly Mike's whole demeanor changes and he's just like oh my gosh you know uh necrotic gnome the, the, those guys only hire the best artists just the as and and it's not it's none of this you know it's it's none of this computer stuff it's people with pen and ink and black and white and they're just like drawing their hearts out I can't believe when he looks at James and he's I can't why didn't you just say he had drawn for old school essentials and James like I tried to tell you so we we're just having a blast and I said you know I Mike I I uh I my background as an artist is in comics and I you know I'm I'm really inspired by a lot of the the inking style from from you know silver and bronze age comics like Joe Sinnott on top of Jack Kirby and he's like Jack Kirby let me tell you about Jack Kirby <laughs> we talked about we talked about Jack Kirby and comic illustrations and anime for about 20 minutes oh that's amazing <laughs> I love that. I, it's so nice to meet your hero or one of your heroes and just have them be nice. <laughs> not not just that, but like, you know, it but was also, it, it was it was gracious. You know, it was like it was 20 minutes uh, and 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 he, and he and Mike was just so delighted to talk about not not like his legacy or how important he is but like you know talk about jack kirby talk about dragon ball z talk about you know uh, my little pony friendship is magic which is something i don't know a lot about but (laughs) apparently they had a dragon ball z reference that we got to hear about so you know it's just like he just like he he really is um absolutely just like uh, one of the fellas you know like he 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 runs his company has this he has this long reach um, but also like the thing that keeps him coming back, the thing that he keeps him plugged in is clearly just a love of the same stuff that everybody else likes. And, and that, that, is, that was just, ah, oh, oh, it was can emotionally I, I overwhelming something? Gen Con for the old Kyle Stir here. Yeah. Like this is an amazing story and I love it, but to, to sort of the broader context, one of the things I love about the 5e explosion that is produced is there were a ton of people from early RPGs who left, right? Mm. Uh, mm. Janelle Jacques was designing video games. She hadn't sure. done any pen and paper RPG work for a long time. Sandy Peterson had left Chaosium. He wasn't doing RPG work. So, and, and uh, you know, rest in peace, Sandy, but, but all of these people. And I think, I think Mike stuck around for the whole thing, but what's nice is this older generation is like back and yeah. we all appreciate them and they, and they get to play that role of sort of professors on the campus, which is super exciting um, when they were out of it for so long. So I think, you know, in a lot of ways, um, tabletop RPGs are kind of going through a similar thing that uh, indie video games are uh, where it's like, after it's been long enough, you no longer have to make a game that is, um, you know, cut, cutting edge and following all the trends, you can yeah. kind of look backwards, not just for not just for the nostalgia grab, but because there is something delightful about the way the game used to be played. Yes. And 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 finding different ways to celebrate that at all these different tables um, uh, is and, and, you know, that's why old school essentials is doing well. It's like, it, it, it's not to re it's not, it's not exclusively to recapture some kind of like lost youth, 
uh, although I'm sure it is that for some, yeah. um, but I mean, it's, it's what, also generally a, a wonderful way to play games and, 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 you know, it's got some pretty stellar art from what I hear. It does. <laughs> but I, like, for example, that's a great example. What drew me in is like, oh, I really miss that simple time. But, you know, what Necrotic Gnome and, uh, you know, AKA Gavin did is he took that game, he organized it well and produced a really clearly understandable, attractive book. Yeah, uh, and that's how you sell a bunch of copies of something. You do something well, and and let word spread, and then you've got a success story. So. Hey, and you know, there, um, Necrotic Gnome is releasing uh, the Dolman Wood campaign setting for the first time, like as a print. It was is just, that, it was, is that Kickstarter started? I literally was going to look that up the other day. Yeah, yeah. I I think if it hasn't started, it's really soon. So, what else happened at Gen Con? Is that it? Uh, I mean, I mean really, need, really so much. I think, uh, there is, uh, there's, there's just, there's a lot of excitement about, um, about monstrous. Every time I get to open up that preview packet that we had and show people, talk them through what it was, it seemed like people were really, really excited about it. So that's, you know, that's, uh, about a month from now, September 5th is when that project goes live, goes live on, on Kickstarter. And, uh, I'm on pins and needles to see how that turns out. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be a wild, uh, a wild month on that crowdfunder for yours. Truly. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, as far as what else was happening there, like I got to meet, I got to meet a bunch of, uh, really wonderful folks and yeah, I, I don't, I, I want to be careful not cause it's like, I don't want to get name droppy, uh, more than I already have. <laughs> and, right. uh, I, yeah. I, I also, I know I'm going to leave someone out and, and, and be bad, but I, I felt like, uh, probably, probably the Mike Pondsmith story is absolutely like the crown jewel of, uh, meeting the folks who have had uh, a huge impact. And, you know, who, who knows, who knows if I ever would have gotten into RPGs if it wasn't for that wonderful early right? experience. Um, so yeah, I love that. You know, one of the, one of the fascinating things, cause I actually re Oh, I bought it by the way, I have a, a hard copy of that, um, and I was rereading the rules for it and everything like that, getting ready to maybe run some uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Um, okay. Uh, and uh, the wonderful thing about it that is great for younger players and for me who never had GM'd, I think one of the brilliant things about it is it just straight up says, hey, if you want to run the story that you saw in the show, go for it. Here are all the stats for all the characters. Right. Like it's it's it just like had this scaffolding already. So if you could remember the loose events of what happened in the show and it actually had like a pretty good episode guide in in the book to remind you, like those are GM notes. And it was like it, it's it's a it was a really great way to onboard myself uh, as as a tiny little GM. Uh, uh, I up, love it up in the attic. So um, that's amazing. So, so yeah, the other cool stuff that was coming out of Gen Con that I only got yeah. to hear bits and pieces of. Uh, so um, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago uh, about all of these games that are coming out, you know, this post 5e yes. wave of people making their own games. And, yeah. and, and we were kind of cr crusty about it, right? <laughs> we were a little crusty. I got to admit, I did download the Candela Obscura podcast, uh, and I've been, and I've been listening to it. It's, I mean, they're great. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. They're super I, good at what they do. Yeah. It's really enjoyable. So I have, and, and, you know, news of this has, uh, released, but I heard from multiple people 
who were in a playtest for Daggerheart, which is um, Critical Role's next big fantasy okay. game. And right. two things are became abundantly clear from the playtests testimonials that I heard. Okay. One, it is not a forged in the dark game. And that is oh. what everybody has been assuming up to this okay. point. All right. It is, it is not. So like Kandala Obscura is a forged in the dark mm-hmm. game. Um and 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 Daggerheart is like uh I I think it, it's like the closest thing I can think of is like Gloomhaven. Really? Uh, except it's it's not about it's like about you you put together cards your 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 character sheet is modular so you have all you have three different sheets and you put cards on top of those sheets oh, to really? keep track of your background to keep track of your abilities to swap in and out things about your it's- character it okay. it's it's really component heavy um but it also like it has gorgeous art on all these cards it's right and so it's like there's there's a lot to respond to and play off of that it's not just like you know bulleted text or something like that um Interesting. yeah so so in that sense like you are kind of like drafting your own abilities and building customizing your own character uh, oh. as you go so okay, I have multiple things to say about this. First of all, that's really interesting because yeah. we come from a background in the '80s and '90s where your character sheet was a blank slate, right? So if you played Elven Archer, it was because there were Elven Archers in the world, and you wanted right. to be like last. And, and but what is fascinating to me is now that the games have matured and drawn all these other parts from different kinds of narratives, you can now basically build these as components, as trope components, basically, to help people easily and quickly flesh out their characters so they don't have to start with a blank canvas. They have all these pieces, and you can make something that is your own right. by mixing and matching a bunch of existing things. This is fascinating to me. Yeah. It's 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 in between, you know, like GURPS, right? And pre-gens or rolling randomly it's a it's a it's a middle ground that i hadn't thought of before so i'm really curious about this i i actually have a role-playing question for you today and it's kind of related to this so if you have more thoughts on that i want to hear them but i want to yeah let's 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 circle around and talk about that i i want to finish bragging on what i was hearing (laughs) about the design of this game so the first thing that i learned about it was this is um this is not a fortune in the dark game the second thing i learned about this game is they have been working on this for longer than the ogl scandal this okay this game is there's no way it's only eight months old no right. way in the world is this only eight months old. Games take years, even for the most efficient companies in the world. Yeah, you know? yeah, y- yeah. And 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 here's and and the whole time I hear about all this news and and the 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 reception of Kandala Obscura was fairly lukewarm. I think because it was it was a Forge in the Dark game and and not a fantasy game. Yeah, and well, and Spencer Stark, uh, who who did um, you know Alice, Alice is Missing, which is what you know some some of the most impressive game design that I think you and I have seen. Yeah, we raved about it on 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 an episode recently. Um, you know, uh, we uh, Spencer Stark is one of the sharpest minds in game design right now, mm-hmm. and when he kind of comes out with this 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 clone uh, of of Forged in the Dark, you know, we're all kind of like, wait, why did you why why did you even hire Spencer Stark? Right. 
right. to, for Darrington Press if you're just going to have him de- redevelop somebody else's stuff. And and now it makes sense. Now okay. the things are coming together. So this is Dagger Heart is, is its whole. It's a whole new thing, and I okay. think it is going to turn some heads. All right, I'm excited. I'm super um, curious. As I know, like uh, everybody, take a drink. There was a game called Phoenix Dog Command, which is a card based RPG. Uh, it doesn't sound, it sounds different than this, but the idea is the same. You have cards with abilities that you use to pull your character together uh, and have no actual character sheet. So now I'm super curious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is going to be wild. Also, I got to hear about um, some, uh, I got, I got to hear about lots of, lots of different mechanics. I, I won't, I won't kind of detail them here, mm-hmm. but what I wanted to circle back on is, is the, the one of the reasons why we were so um, um, crusty about the news of all of these post 5e yeah. games is because all anybody wanted to talk about was the numbers and success and who's going to beat who and all this stuff. Right. And stuff now I'm excited. I would say we don't care about it, but we do care about it. <laughs> we, yeah. It's like, well, we, we want, we want people to be able to support themselves, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't really care about big numbers. Um, that does not make me excited to play a game is to hear about some, right. some big number, right? It's a fun little trivia piece, but it, it does not, I don't, what I care about is are the mechanics resulting in an exciting experience that is, that is just lighting up people's imaginations. Yes. And the more we hear about, um, the more we hear about this dagger heart game, the more we hear about playtest information coming out for tales of the valiant. Now that people have gotten their hands on, uh, you know, some preview packets, the more we hear about folks that are playing or, or the, the, the playtest information that's coming out for, uh, the MC as yet unnamed MCDM RPG, it yeah. all sounds really good. And yeah. I, now I'm excited because it's like, <laughs> now there's something to be excited about. It's not yes. just like, it, it's not just like this, this Kickstarter made this much money. I wonder if it's going to yeah. be better. I wonder if it's going to be bigger than P- Pathfinder. Can you imagine? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't care what's bigger. Tell me, yeah. tell me if people are uh, if having their little minds blown when they're at the table with their friends, that's what I care about. And that's what I'm starting to hearing. And that's what's got a big old grin on my face right now nice i'm excited so hey let me hit you with my uh my rpg topic because i think it's related because i'm trying to think of similar things all right so uh i am running the james bond 007 rpg at rft con which is our own little bespoke convention you were going to come but then this our gen con opportunity came up and you're like i yeah i can't that's too much so uh which makes me sad but that allows me to bounce stuff off you so I was sort of having a panic attack because one of the things you do. So uh, let me just talk about the game briefly. So it's made by Victory Games. It came out in the 80s. Um, it was designed by a man, a bunch of people, but the primary designer was a man named Jerry Klug, uh, who worked on my favorite RPG when I was a kid, uh, Dragon Quest, which we've talked about before. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Janelle Jacques did a lot of work on Dragon Quest as well. So little connection there for you. Um, and... Uh, as I was watching, he also, it's also victory games also made a game. They got bought by, uh, uh, who makes squad leader? Um, I can't remember. Is it some war, war gaming company? Yeah. Avalon Hill. That's it. They got bought by Avalon Hill. Um, and I think SBI did too, but before that they had also made a game that I love called ambush, 
uh, which was a which was a tech, which is a sort of RPG combo with with a squad leader style war game where you you had a squad of soldiers and each one had their own attributes and you would solve these problems. It was a, it was a good game, but in rereading the James Bond rules, what is striking to me is how I see little bits from Dragon Quest and uh, Ambush and all these other games at the time stitched together to make this game, and it's really sort of an interesting experience with 20 years or more of distance between encountering all these games for the first time. I'm like, Oh, he took that from there. And they took that from there. And the design style that looks just like, yeah. So anyway, that's fascinating to me. Uh, I would like to talk about one mechanic, which I think is interesting. It's the most interesting mechanic in the game. There's a bunch of wonderful things in the game. First are we all, actually game, talking about TTRPG design today? We are. Yeah. Whoa. I'm going to talk about two mechanics. <laughs> so first of all, I, I can't say it's the first game to have this, but it's the first game I was aware of. It has hero points. So basically it has a it has a mechanic so that James Bond can be James Bond, right? Because if did you ever see the Simpsons episode where Homer accidentally goes to work for the yeah. supervillain. Hank Scorpio. And, <laughs> yes. And and James Bond is escaping in one part and, and Homer trips him and then like they all shoot him. So like, so James Bond, you know, has to has to get super lucky to be so it had hero points. Anyway. But um the other thing it has is it has this really great chase system where you bid. All right. So the game needs to roll Ooh. under Okay. So I is the so the high the most the highest so you roll and then you get a, a result and the result has a certain quality. I won't go into all the details, but the highest difficulty factor, which is actually producing the easiest result, is seven, and the lowest one is one half. So you go seven, six, five, four. Um, so let's say your skill is twenty, right? Your shooting skill is twenty. Or your driving skill is twenty, and we're in a chase. And I say I want to make the maneuver, and I bid six. And you, the GM, says, my NPC is going to make the maneuver. I bid five. So anyway, whoever is a game of chicken, and then you roll against that difficulty factor. So if the bid goes down to three from seven, and my skill is 20, my chance just went down to 60%. So anyway, I love that mechanic, and I think it's really clever. That sounds so cool. Yeah. But here's what I wanted to do, because a big part of spy games is you have to have a network, right? Like in Casino Royale, James Bond runs out of money. And who shows up but Felix Leiter from the CIA and says, I suck at gambling, but I'll back you because I think you can beat this guy, right? Um, I think it's Baccarat in the book, but that's what happens in the most recent movie. Right. And it's really mm-hmm. good. So, so you need to have a network. You need to have a background that exists. So what I was thinking of doing this is what I want your opinion on. I was going to just make familiar cards. So I'm going to have one for Q and M, Money Penny, and you know your parents or like whoever, just as many as I can think of, and put them on the table as artifacts, just cards, and say, okay, say pick one of these and tell me about a special relationship or interaction you have with this person. Um, and then ideas like Q always have your back, or you know 006 saved your life once, or you saved his life. And you owe them a favor. Um, or one of your parents was a double O, you know, choose the gender and, and, you know, talk about what they're doing now. So just to create a background for all these pregens that I'm throwing in that the players can identify with and grab onto. Because in a good game, I, I'm modernizing it, so it should feel a little more like Bourne. And when things go sideways, which they do in any good action movie, I would like them to have places to reach out to get 
help. So that's my, that's what I'm thinking. Give me your, I know I just sprung that on you, but what do you think? I, I really like that idea. I think ideally that is what um, the, the NPCs that are on the playbooks for Blades in the, Blades in the Dark are supposed to do. Yes. It's just like yeah. give, you, give you people to reach out to. But I think it's really great bringing in, you know, characters from the property. Yeah, I think uh, you have to to make that work. Yeah, right? well, especially yeah. if you're playing, you know, Jane, the, 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 the James Bond thing. It's like you want, you want to talk to uh, all these folks. The thing I would suggest is mm-hmm. um, also make cards or post-it notes of all the different things, the relationship stuff. So yes. they're not, they don't have to. So, and they, what they could do is, is like stick their post-it note, like write their name and stick their post-it notes. Like, yeah, Q went to my birthday party or, yeah. or, you know, or, or, yeah, so, yeah. or something like that, you know, like what, whatever it is, you know, just have a, you know, have some serious ones or throw in some goofy ones and, and allow people to mix and match. Cause it's, you don't want people yes. to feel like they're put on the spot to tell a little story about when they, you know, when they bought Q a bologna sandwich, you know, right. right. Uh, give, give them something to yes. And off of, I think that's a tremendous idea. Uh, yeah. I think, but I, then, I just think, yeah. you know, if you, if you give cards for the other things too, uh, it'll go even smoother. Yeah. And I want to do something similar. I'm going to figure this out to create relationships between the group. Cause there's going to be five of them, which is weird for a James Bond game. Mm-hmm. Because it's really not usually well. For your eyes only has a big sort of commando sequence, which is probably going to be what it ends up being. But I do want to do some spy stuff where they have to do some investigation, set up their network, have a backup plan. You know, all those kind of things that successful spies do. So we'll see. Okay, I'm going to try. I also feel a time pressure. Right, this is a three hour one shot, so I've got to, I've got to come up with, I've got to steal and adapt system that makes this happen quickly, which is also why I'm reading uh, Sly Flourish's Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. It's good. I it's like really it. good. It's really yeah. good. Uh, um, yeah. The, the secrets and clues. Um, I'm going to use that for sure. Oh, it's so it's, it's, it's the best, it's the best, um, best, best thing I've ever heard uh, in, in, in all my years of, of hearing people yammer about RPG prep. Um, okay. The yeah, confusing thing for me, and, and maybe it's obvious to everyone else in the world. I, I, I understand that saying secrets and clues is a very catchy thing. The mm-hmm. thing that it, I spent so much time trying to figure out what counts as a secret and what counts as a clue. And there <laughs> is no difference. It is just yes. a category of information. Secrets clues, and clues is a single category. Are yeah. all the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, so, um, yeah, I, that, I, but it's just like, there is, you're just coming up with a list of 10 things that are interesting about the adventure that, that can be found out at some point. And that way, anytime one of your players looks at you, it's just like, you know, I asked the waiter if he knows anything about such and such. You you don't have to have in your notes, here's what the waiter knows, because you have a big list of things that you could hint at right. already. Yeah. So. yeah. so I think those those clues and, and the non-specificity of their location or activation is definitely going to be part of what we're doing here. Yeah. It's like so. the quantum troll, except for clues for, for those who are also <laughs> yes. kind of versed in internet, yes. uh, 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 GM stuff. So, all right. Uh, okay, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. I will do. So I'm running that game on two Saturdays from now. So Heck yeah. I had my, I had my freak out last night about how unprepared I am. And, and actually I had in my hand, Return to Lazy Dungeon Master. So I said, just sat down and read some of it. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. And and just remember you're around friends and, and you're going to have a great time. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I, I know it's like I've never run a game and not been nervous about it. So I, you know, I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> it never gets easier. I think, it doesn't. I've I think had, you just get, you get used to how not easy it is every time. That's, you know, yeah. it's, it's you just, weird? you learn like, to, I remember. you, you learn to know that like, oh, in, in 20 minutes when I'm actually in the middle of running this game, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I know this, that's how this story ends, but it never feels good going into a game and you just got to get past it. I heard a story once and it could be apocryphal and it could be a different actor, but Henry Fonda, uh, just before he was about to perform, uh, mm. threw up for his entire career. Like, wow. Yeah. Just, and even if that's apocryphal, it, you know, I'm sure he had stage fright. And just every time before he started, he just had a little moment. And then once he got into it, he was fine. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that makes sense. It's like, it's it, that anxiety is the way I try to think about it is, um, that that if I'm really anxious about something, it's just my brain's my very special brain's way of saying that it's important, it's important. to me. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like it doesn't it doesn't, uh, and, and it's it's trying to search for ways to control the situation when in fact a lot of that control would be detrimental to the game in the first place. Yes. Yeah, uh, this is a this is a long debate. You know, I posted the line from. From Slifer, from the book that said, "The less we prepare, the better our games are." And of course, I get a lot of pushback. I think, I think Matt Wilson said it perfectly. He said, "That's certainly true for those to whom it applies." To which I replied, "Very crafty, Mr. Wilson." So I went through this thing where I discovered this low prep method, and discovered that what happens when I don't do too much prep is my nervousness increases. But what happens with that is my energy increases mm -hmm. and my creativity increases. So that in the middle of the game, I have a more energetic, creative response to the things that the players are doing. And that's why my game is better. Mm -hmm. So I went through a phase of thinking, well, everybody should do this. And then I went through a phase of like, well, everybody's not the same. So they should run their games the way they want to run them. And I believe that I do believe that, but now I'm kind of going back to being like, but everybody should at least try to, if nothing else, introduce a little uncertainty into their game so that cracks can appear so that exciting, creative things can come out. That's yeah. my, that's my take. I mean, to yeah. me, that's, that's the exciting thing about, about games is not quite knowing, you know, I have some pretty, what I think are compelling situations uh, yes. but, uh, you know, who knows, who knows what's going to happen. And the nice thing about the, the kind of quantum clues, these secrets and clues that are floating out there, it's really resilient to, yes. to hairball schemes that circumvent, <laughs> uh, you know, problems, uh, because it's like you, you can move those to wherever you need them to be. So if they decide yeah. to go yeah. interview some character you've never ever thought ex ever existed, you can still know stuff about the game. You know, it's, uh, you yes. don't have to, you're, you, there's no such thing as off note. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I ran into my friend, uh, Evan Torner. Um, yes. Uh, also at the show, I, I hadn't seen him for a while. And, uh, so that was lovely, but he mentioned this, this book that I need to read. Apparently, uh, it is, uh, uncertainty in games, playful thinking by Ooh. Greg, uh, Kostikian. And Kostakian, uh, and it, it it published in 2013, and okay. it, it is it is all about all the different kinds of modes of uncertainty, 
Um, and uh, I don't think that you need uncertainty to be a game, uh, no. but I'm willing to be proven other, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong. And I certainly think that uncertainty is a big part of why everybody wants to play games. And I think so. Cause like, yeah. not to be reductive, but even yeah, right. Which is the most transparent game in the world. You know where everything is, you know, how everything is allowed to move. You've probably studied your opponent. If you're really high level, you still don't know who's going to win. There's still uncertainty. Right. And I think I, I, you know, read it and come back but i think some kind of uncertainty is the only reason to play a game yeah or or even catch right yeah C- can i catch the ball yeah <laughs> like if yeah. i am uncertain <laughs> yes, yes. And, and 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 if and if it's me playing i'm terribly uncertain whether i can catch <laughs> the ball and remember we can spend less time preparing for our rpgs and still run great games in that earlier book I hypothesize that all of us GMs spend a lot of time preparing things for our games that offer little actual value to the players. So by boiling down our preparation to only the things that matter the most, we can save considerable time. While exploring this idea, however, I found another potentially deeper hypothesis. The less we prepare, the better our games will be. I sure hope we can put an end to Frieza and his evil plans. Join us as we give it another try. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Splat Book is a proud part of Roll For It Media. Be sure to check out our sister show, Roll For Topic, which is available wherever fine podcasts are purveyed or by visiting their website at gmdiscussions.com. And please leave us a five-star review on your podcasting app of choice. It really helps people find the show. Contact the show by sending us an email at splatbookpod at gmail.com or by leaving us a 90-second voice message on the Splat phone by visiting bit.ly slash splatphone. You can follow me on social media at Kyle Latino on twitter.com or by subscribing to my YouTube channel, MapCrow. And you can follow John in your hearts. Our closing line for today was, of course, from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, written and published by Mike Shea in 2018. Our intro music was Rock the Dragon, recorded by Suki Levy in 1996 for the Dragon Ball Z American localization. And our outro was some random bit from uh, a Funimation outro from Dragon Ball Z as well. Stay tuned for some cut bitlets. All right. Just out of curiosity, let me check the first recording. Oh, I can't. Okay, I'll take it later. Your MP3 was 99% uploaded, so maybe there's a small chance <laughs> that it actually uploaded. But. Yeah, I don't know. I, I did get a little pop-up right before it went, so I, I don't know if it recovered or not. But you know, Well, you maybe, if it. we're, maybe it'll do it in the background while we're chilling here. Yeah, so. sure. Um, so but anyway. yeah, I... Well, it, it, I think had, it saves all this in like temporary files or something like that. So yeah, well, um, that's a bummer because that was good banter, but that's all right. We'll just have to, you know, people might have to live without cut bitlets, but <laughs> that's a shame. All right.
Okay. okay. Well, you want to start with the intro again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> okay. Hey, you're wearing. I know you said you were going to wear that worm T-shirt to Gen Con. You're not. You changed. You showered since then, right? Uh, no, no. It's just I actually <laughs> apparently I ordered two. Uh, but oh, nice. But also, my mom just like did my laundry every day while I was there, so I'd always come <laughs> back and like, oh my, that was. And by the way, That's yeah, amazing. I guess uh, uh, sh- shout outs to my mom, uh, who Your mom's amazing is has sent us the nicest letters uh, or a little text about um, about Splatbook. Yeah. Uh, I because I, I I told the story of how impactful that creativity uh, episode was and the story about my dad and all that kind of stuff. So she started listening yeah. to it and she's like, I listened to a couple episodes and I don't understand what you're talking about when you're talking about gaming stuff. But uh, you know, I really, I, I like listening to you guys like be friendly to one another. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sent me the text she sent yeah. and it was so sweet. Yeah. Like, of course, it was your mom. Right? Well, like, yeah, but I mean, th- that's kind of what I mean um, when I talk about my parents. It's it's like they are they have always been very very supportive, even if they don't understand what I'm doing, right? Yeah, and, and it's like I think that is a huge impact on why I have been able to do all the stuff that I've done and and have that kind of self confidence because it's coming from a place of of really really strong parenting. Uh, right, right, I, which you know, is wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's like it is. It is a privilege that I do not take light. Like I'm gonna have to kick my cat out. Hold on, one second. Okay, no pooping, Lofi. Get out of here! Go. Get going. I know you love me, but I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> Poor cat. The cat just wants to be by you. The cat just wants to your love. No, no, the cat is going to bite my leg if I don't pay exactly <laughs> the amount of attention that the cat wants from me. Well, yeah, I actually very purposefully um, played frisbee with Linus in the backyard for fifteen minutes before we started, yep. so that he would be tired and collapse on the floor. I, so. I have been playing a bit too much Baldur's Gate to play uh, <laughs> sufficient <laughs> amount of of of, of playtime with my cat today. You should uh, you should talk to Andy. He likes he loves soccer, so he plays FIFA. But he likes to play with his friends, so they yeah. play. Sometimes they play Minecraft. So they were playing this one called I think it's just called Speedrunner, and I thought he was going to laugh so hard he was going to die. They like race oh, each other. That's like, great. These two D graphics and they're racing each other on the Xbox. And I, I mean, I yeah. I think that's the coolest thing about right now how easy yeah uh, it is to to play multiplayer games. You don't have to actually invite people over and all that stuff. You could play friends yeah, with all. It was a it was a pandemic thing. We got on that Xbox right before the pandemic, and that's how he maintained friendships. Heck when yeah, you couldn't go anywhere for months. But anyway, so yeah. I, yeah. Also, as an aside, like there's another there's another friend of yours I know who goes by uh, the Nap Master General, and there's a couple other. I think you have a lot of friends who just really need more sleep. what else is new uh yeah we all have terrible sleep discipline or sleep hygiene and yeah uh, we're all we're all we're all watching stream another baldur's gate 3 is out just forget it hachi machi uh um, we should measure productivity for people aged 
you know, 28 to 40 when a game like this comes out. So there were yeah. nearly, nearly a million co-current players uh, the other day, uh, just all playing Baldur's Gate 3, which is, which is pretty nuts. That's pretty uh, nuts. Baldur's Gate 3, because the, 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 the number of the, the, the units sold for the 5e handbook were actually in retail stores was actually recently released for public information. Oh, interesting. And it is, um, it's, it's like maybe 2 million. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I I gotta be honest. Like, like it's, it, I have a, sorry, everybody. I have a Mac. Um, and it's an, it's an M1 Mac. So I checked on steam. I'm like, well, I won't be able to play it, but I can, which is a problem because then I might. And you know, the only thing that's keeping me is the guy with like the flaming wavy hair on the front. Who's reaching out his hand to like, greet you. He looks kind of like a jerk. Yeah, like so. <laughs> a lot of the starting, a lot of the starting, a lot of the starting uh, NPCs that you can get on your team companions are e- actually evil. Um, nice. So, so it kind of, I, I'm actually playing an evil campaign right now, which is not something I would ever want to do, like in a, in a personal game. Yeah. Um, but I have my little weird supervillain team, uh, and 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 we're having a lot of fun uh, doing that. Awesome. Uh, hey, uh, my my dog needs to come in for the love of God. I'll be right oh, there. sure, sure. Well, one of the joys of this podcast is finding the the nuggets that you leave me when I step away for a second. So I'm excited. <laughs> well, I thought about one. I thought about one, but I wanted to save it because I actually want to mention it on on the show. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, it, now nothing has been finalized. But you know how the splat phone started basically because of the pun? Yes. Well, I was approached with a very interesting proposition to make oh, yeah? a splat book themed beard balm. <laughs> <laughs> the splat balm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when why I'm not? In, yeah, when I've had when I've had uh, when I've had longer beards, uh, I actually I do like to keep it nice and manicured and smelling nice and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, keep your eyes uh, uh, out wait. for the big announcement. <laughs> For the limited run, splat balm. Yeah, um, my uh, my wife would leave me if I, uh, <laughs> I once for for um, uh, November, like mustache November. I mm-hmm. I grew a mustache and I did like a like a for a for like a company meeting and I shaved it in like a handlebar, like it was a goatee, and then I shaved it into like a handlebar mustache. And she was like, "Oh my god, I can't even look at you." She's like holding up her hands in front of her face, <laughs> like. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, it's just how it goes. I sometimes. need to get the, the equivalent for an airbrush because what's happening is I am doing like the airbrush motion. You sort of press down with your index finger all the time, and now I'm getting our side. But there's yeah. no, there's no like I can't put that around it because it's a trigger. It's got a, it's a moving part. So uh, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't know anything about that. I'm sure. I, have to I mean, to do a right handed. I'm left handed, sure and they say that means I'm really ambidextrous. I can actually throw a ball not too embarrassingly with my right hand. So maybe I'll just have to learn to airbrush right hand. Dang. At least yeah. for primer where the where the pattern and stuff doesn't matter. And I'm just <laughs> Okay. Uh, Whoa. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is this whole show is a big cut bit lit. Yeah. Uh, really. It's it's it uh, I hope so. I, I had this dream that you're secretly like a sweet basketball player (laughs) i uh one time in in fifth grade 
I got bullied into playing a game of basketball because they were down a player and I was kind of tall, somewhat tall for my right. age and they needed an extra guy. And I, I managed to stuff someone when they were going for a, a, a layup. I managed nice. to just like swat it out of the air and I walked away and I never played basketball ever again because I knew that was as good man. as it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 